you have the power to give them this huge gift to lighten their load and to really just to be an uplifter for them on uh, as they're on this journey. And uh, you can truly be a true asset. You have no idea how amazing this will feel for them if you're operating in this different way. How is it possible for a parent of a child with autism to become the superhero their child needs now? I'm Len. And I'm Cass. When our son was diagnosed with moderate to severe autism, we went all in. We spent over a decade learning everything we could on how we could transform to help our son thrive. And guess what? He's doing it. This year, he ran for class president. Each week on this podcast, we will be sharing the secrets needed for you to become the superhero your child needs. If you want to learn how to tap into your innate superpowers to help your child thrive, visit AutismParentingSecrets.com. Hello and welcome to Autism Parenting Secrets. This is Cass and I'm so excited you're here. This is our first podcast that's not for parents of a child with autism. Well, technically it is, but it's for you to share with others. And I have to give a special call out to Bree. Bree, thank you so much for suggesting this. Now, this podcast is truly for your friends and your family members. This could be a spouse, it could be a partner, it could be your the grandparents, so your parents, it could be aunts, uncles, it can be friends, it can be church friends. And the secret this week is family and friends can transform too. Now, absolutely no one knows what it's like to be a parent of a child with autism unless you're a parent of a child with autism. And even then, it's different because Autism is so individual. Autism is so different for each person. And so this is why it's truly, unless you're that person's parent, you don't know what it's like for them. So you can't just assume. When a child gets a diagnosis of autism, what that feels like, I can just speak for myself because I can speak from what it felt like for me. Like I felt like I got hit by a truck. And what had started out my son's first year was full of hope and full of excitement. And then when my son regressed, it was like watching him kind of disappear from us in a way. And then when you actually got that report with the official diagnosis, I was grieving. I was worried about my son. And then I had to worry about telling my friends and family. And it was really, really overwhelming. And it felt really hard. And this is where your family and friends have an opportunity to support you support the parents in this journey. Yeah, and it's Len, that that is so true. And parents and family members and friends, they need to kind of be trained or educated on how best to help because the people who are surrounding a parent of a child with autism, so many have a strong desire to be helpful. And that in and of itself is a beautiful thing. But here's the problem. It's when people are trying to help and they're doing it in a certain way and they're offering certain advice, even though it's all well-intentioned, it absolutely may not be helping. In fact, it might actually be making it harder for that parent that they're trying to support. So if you're that spouse or that family member or friend, the key question is, does your overall influence to this parent, does it help them figure out what's going to be best for their child? And if the honest answer is that it's not, then we think that this podcast can really help. We're, we're going to share five secrets or five suggestions on how you as that person 
very close to the parent of a child with autism, how you can make very small shifts that can make a gigantic difference for the people that you love who are on a very, very unique journey. So Cass and I, after over 10 years and having this experience ourselves and working with so many parents, we have these five secrets or suggestions that we think truly can make a difference. And even before we get to those secrets, my experience with autism is you'll have people that like to say a child with autism, or you'll have someone say an autistic child. And so I think even step one is to find out what does your friend or your family member want it to be called. Because I remember when my son was just diagnosed and a family member referred to him as autistic, like it pissed me off. Like, And so I think by first having the respect to find out what phrase and what wording feels best for that family member is such an important first step because yeah. it is speaking to them in the way that they want to be spoken to. That can be really important. And some people might not even want to use that term at all. So definitely ask and see what people's preferences are. But when we boil it down to what truly does a parent in this situation, what do they really need? The first secret is that they truly want to be seen and heard. And that goes for their child too. Because in this journey, parents feel absolutely that nobody understands what they're going through. And at least from our perspective, we didn't think many people really wanted to understand. The experience as a parent is so filled with judgment from so many places. So your acceptance of them as they are, accepting their child as they are, that would be an incredible gift. And that accepting them as they are doesn't mean coming in with 50 million solutions. It just means to actually hold them in that space and just acknowledge how they're feeling. Whatever they want to share, whether it's their thoughts or their, their fears, their, their, the emotions they're feeling, if they're angry. It, what I know we never had anybody offering us was that space just to kind of get it out and just to be ourselves and to feel what we feel and to share what we want to share, which is why this first secret of just wanting to be seen and heard really, really is incredibly important. And one powerful suggestion is when you do hold space for your family member or your friend is the phrase, tell me more. So just to really let them speak and let them just take up space and let them share with you how they're feeling can be so powerful and so empowering for those parents. Yeah, it's really coming in with an approach of listening with the intent to understand, not to respond or to give advice. And that's hard. I, I know I don't naturally operate that way. I'm always looking to give advice and I've had to really dial that back. So providing the space, you don't need to kind of come in and save them or fix them or come up with suggestions. And in providing that space, just asking useful questions and using curiosity, sincere curiosity to connect and to have a back and forth would be great. And if they're considering something, you can help them see the challenges and perhaps the consequences of different options. But again, that's just holding space and helping them to navigate and to go where they want to go, as opposed to you coming in to give them an answer that they're not necessarily asking for. Right. So it's, it's a very different dynamic, which is, we just call it just holding space and not necessarily advising, just listening, 
giving them an environment where they can truly communicate whatever they want to communicate. So there's less you having to do anything and just more listening and encouragement. And then also there is to not go in and empower them in their weakness, in their victimhood would be another way to say that. Yeah, a lot of people come in thinking, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. And hey, this is a diagnosis. This has happened. Nobody needs to have somebody come in to feel sorry with them. And really, the, it's the opposite, where parents want to be seen and heard, and they also don't want to hear anything that keeps them feeling like a victim, not actually feeling empowered to do something, because there's always something that you can do. And there's this whole concept of a fixed mindset where, you know, wh why bother? And it's also kind of a victim mentality of, you know, why did this happen? And all that energy, if it's devoted there, it's just going to make things feel even worse. So we would argue, provide the space, be encouraging. You don't necessarily have to give advice unless they're asking for it. And just that feeling of acceptance and being heard parents would be doing cartwheels if they got that because that's a very, very rare thing to experience. Absolutely. Yeah. And if they're feeling sad, you, you don't have to feel sad with them. You could hear them, appreciate it, thank them for sharing. And again, you can be there to just listen, to offer encouragement, unconditional support. Again, these are all tremendous gifts. Remember that the diagnosis is just a piece of paper. It doesn't define your child's future or the child's future. It is just representative of one specific day in time in an office that's probably unfamiliar to the child where some stranger was asking them a shitload of questions, a lot of questions out of context. So these children aren't in their homes when they're having these evaluations so all it is is a representative of where that child was, a fixed day and time, and it does not define what their future is. So there's always room for hope, and there's always room for positivity. Secret number two, your judgments don't help. Keep this in mind that for a parent of a child who's just been diagnosed, everybody is judging their child and them and not in a positive way. Right. And when you get that paper that tells you your child has a diagnosis and you're told that your child's behaviors are bad and you are told that those behaviors have to be extinguished, like, holy shit, as parents, you judge the crap out of your child. So then now you have family members or friends who come over and see your child acting out their behaviors like they're now judging. And truly, none of that helps anyone. And that just makes everyone live under a microscope. And so often it's, you know, a family might, it's their only child or the oldest child that has autism. We know that was the case for us. And our son being diagnosed at 18 months old, I never knew what normal behaviors were or age-appropriate behaviors because he was my first. Like, I didn't know any of this. So you have parents who are already so judging everything that's happening that your judgments don't help at all. Yeah, there's judgments all around. So if you can be that rare person who's not judging them, again, that would be huge, huge for them. And the other thing to keep in mind is that parents who are on this journey are 
probably having very chaotic day-to-days. They have very little free time. Literally, autism's going on in some way, shape, or form 24-7. And given that, the last thing they need is more judgment. And, and if they're being judged by you, that's yet another fire for them to try to put out or another obstacle in their road that's already challenging enough. And they're going to probably just ignore you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, they'll, they'll ignore, tune out. But again, it's a heavy journey at times, especially early on when you're just trying to figure out what to do with everything and what's your next best option and trying to take care of all the things that go with this. And any parent listening will know what we're talking about. So again, the key question here is, from your standpoint as that person who's close to them, what can you do that actually may help? Secret number two, just drop your judgments, come in with much more acceptance. That together with secret number one of just really providing them the space to be seen and heard, those two together are a great combination. As we move to secret number three, this one is all about the fact that they don't need more advice. Trust us, this parent is getting advice constantly from everyone, whether it's asked for or not. So there very well may be advice fatigue and uh, just know that more advice is definitely not the thing that they're craving most. Right. And especially you might have a family member who like randomly met some person in a gas station who happened to recommend like some kind of article or book. And this is where you're getting, you're like, wait a second, instead of checking in with me, someone who's living in this, who's consulted with experts, who's traveled around the country and even other countries learning about this, you're now just taking advice. You're sharing advice from someone in a gas station. So it's like really be mindful and also make sure that the person is open and receptive to understand what you want to share. Yeah, we we know it's all well-intentioned. Everyone's trying to share whatever they think might be useful. As Cass mentioned early, I mean, an article about somebody whose child has autism and that so-and-so may have worked or so-and-so may have been helpful, sure, you can share that, but ask permission before you share. And if you're looking to share all kinds of things that you've stumbled across in the papers or from other people, then please take the time to ask the parent if there's something that they think you should read to get educated and to get knowledgeable. Trust us, parents have lots of research. They have a lot of things that they would love to share with you if only you would ask. So keep in mind that generally they're not looking for more advice, but if you do want to provide something, yeah, ask first. And at the very least, they'll be more receptive. The key thing also here is that instead of advice, they really would really appreciate sincere encouragement somebody who can truly help them stay the course, to figure out how to overcome challenges, and to ultimately help them get what they want, whatever it is. So this parent may be wanting to do a special diet. This parent may want to do a certain school or therapy. So can you help them to get what they want, even if it's nothing that you would have advised them to do, and even if it's something that you don't really agree with? Maybe you don't agree with them, but can you come in truly not giving advice, not feeling like that you need to give your permission or approval because they truly don't need your permission or approval to do what's right for their child? What they really need is just to be empowered to make the decision that they feel is best. So so just keep that in mind that 
lack of advice is not something that they're struggling with. And there's definitely ways that you can show up for them in a much more powerful way. And right. And if you think about secret number four, which is your vice might not help and could hurt. And just to build on what Len was just saying from secret three, the whole idea of special diets, as we know, is huge in the space and was huge for our family and our family also life-threatening allergies on top of it. And I remember, you know, explaining to my mom many, many times of the foods that we eat and we don't eat, and we chose to do it as a family. And there's something that families are just kind of conditioned to kind of be that ultimate host, which is wonderful. But I remember, you know, hey, mom, don't feed. We only use our food, all this kind of stuff. And within, you know, first 20 minutes, oh, can any of you guys have a donut? Which I'm like, well, for an allergy kid, you could have just killed him. But that whole idea of you could become that ultimate host or hostess by just executing what they've asked. Right. So you don't have to go above and beyond and kind of serve something from your fridge. Just use the food that they've provided, because in ultimately that decision to be that ultimate host or hostess could absolutely hurt, especially for a child who is following a special diet. Yeah. And with secret number four, again, your advice might not help and it actually could hurt. There's a lot of other examples of that. So, again, we know everything is well-intentioned. And But the reality is that you could be giving a, a suggestion that's got disastrous consequences. So in many cases, that parenting advice could be the opposite of what they actually need to do. And a lot of it comes down to being uninformed because you don't know as much as this parent does. You don't know the child like they do, all the different variables. So that's where it gets really frustrating when especially grandparents, right? So the parents' parents giving parenting advice. Our grandparents are going to, our parents are going to give advice of how they were raised or how they raised their kids. And the environment that we're dealing with right now is just so incredibly different that parenting approaches are not timeless. They definitely have to adapt to the environment and to the individual. And again, autism with the behaviors and the unique challenges that each child or person with autism faces you know, there is no one size fits all parenting approach. So even though it worked for you and it's how you were raised, your parenting advice could absolutely be the worst thing that this parent can do for their unique child. And that's where just trusting that they know and that just don't be hurt if your advice is not followed. Right. And this is where Len and I like to say that this journey is all about becoming the parent that your child needs, not the parent you thought you should be, because it's so important how you show up to support your unique child. And this is so important for friends and family to understand it is different and it is so different than how we were all raised. And even just thinking about it too, from the amount of toxins in our environment nowadays is so very different. And a lot of the brands that we've trusted and grew up with even though we they might have been deemed safe when we were growing up. So let's just use J&J baby powder as an example. Well, you now know that's not the case. But you can even look at it from a food perspective, too, where a lot of the processed foods, you know, things like oatmeal or things like granola bars have ingredients in them like glyphosate that we didn't have that growing up, or at least if we did, it wasn't tested for that. And so there are decisions that have to be made that are different. 
Yeah, the, the toxins, it's real. It's totally real how different the environment is. And even though food may look the same, it's totally different if you look at what's on the food. So it's a totally different ball game now. And there's scores of epidemics that are happening from a health standpoint with autism and autism spectrum disorder, ADHD. Those are just a few. And they, those happen to affect the young. Allergies are a huge issue. And that's a big part of, of our environment with our son having life-threatening uh, allergies, a whole bunch of them. And even for older people, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, there's all these things that are happening. And there's incredible science that's attributing it to environmental factors. Uh, so we do live in a much more toxic environment. And Cass and I truly believe, as do many others, that autism is here to show us you know, what we're doing and what we're doing wrong. These kids, you know, they're really many things, including their, their messengers. Their behaviors are forcing us to take notice. Those extreme behaviors that some children have can't help but notice them. So can we see those behaviors as a sign, as a message of the fact that, you know, the planet is much more toxic? This very well is happening in part because of that toxicity. So overall advice, again, not necessarily what a parent's looking for. And your advice not only might not help, but it actually could be the opposite of what's really appropriate for this particular child, for this particular parent. Secret number five. Number five is it's not about you. And if you truly want to be supportive, recognize this isn't about you. This is about the child, the child's welfare. That's more important than your specific needs. Food is incredibly important. And not just that food is something that's important for a child with autism. Food is important for every child and getting food right is key. And that's why a lot of the uh, parents are kind of fanatical about food because it is that important. Our kids are super sensitive. Feeding them food that's nourishing and not toxic is a, is a really important piece of the uh, equation for so many families. We know that's true for us. And so when it comes to food and respecting the food wishes, the food uh, do's and don'ts that the parent has set for their child, mother truly knows best, not aunt, grandparent. Not grandmother. Nope. So that's where if the parent respect what the parent has outlined and respect those goals, and especially if you're using looking at food as like, oh, well, my grandchild deserves that ice cream cone, the answers, they probably don't. And you know what? Get permission from the parent before even considering something like that. Well, they deserve health. They deserve not uh, to get ramped up on chemicals or they, sugar and the like. So we know that treats are such a big part of growing up. Kids are so excited. But yeah, in this case, it's the child's health is more important. And I'll guarantee you that parent has options that are going to be right for the kid that are going to be exciting for the child without the negative consequences. Right. Because there are substitutes for everything. If you are new to this podcast, our son was diagnosed with moderate to severe autism when he was 18 months old. He is now 14. He's in middle school and he's thriving and his autism was last noted as mild. So I just want to kind of give you that context that, you know, some a diagnosis is not permanent and not sketched in stone. So there are things that you can do to kind of truly help but transform, but the parent truly has to go first. Very, very true. And so to recap, five secrets for you as a person who is 
close to a parent and their child. Number one, parents want to be seen and heard, and that goes for the child too. Secret number two, your judgments don't help. Secret number three, the parent does not need any more advice. And secret number four, your advice might not help. And in fact, it actually could hurt. And secret number five, it's not about you. So we share those humbly, respectfully, not trying to tell anybody what to do, but we know those five secrets, those five different shifts that you can consider can make a huge difference on how that parent is feeling when they're with you and do they truly feel like you're supporting them or not. So uh, those are for you to consider. We know that they would make a big difference. And overall, we just truly know if you're listening to this, especially if you've gotten this far, you truly want to be useful. You know, you want to be helpful to that mom or dad and their child. And maybe one visual to think about is when you're with that parent, just kind of visualize that you're not sitting across from them, but you're sitting next to them, like sitting next to them on a bench and you're looking at the challenges that they're facing uh, and that they're talking about together. You're both looking across at that at those problems and that you're really partnering with them to help them problem solve. You're trying to be useful, not to tell them what to do, and you're definitely not there to actively oppose something that they're doing because you don't agree, but just really helping them to see it more clearly and to help be useful to whatever they need. I mean, that's such a different dynamic if you're sitting next to them looking at a problem as opposed to looking across from them, which has a dynamic of a hierarchy or, or back and forth. And the key here is partnership. And I think one litmus test that I often use as relates to, especially my connection with my son, but I'm just going to offer this to you, is when I was judging my son and telling him what he was doing wrong and right, like there was no way I was ever wanting to be friends with me. Like if I was my son, I would want to stay disconnected. So as you support your family member or friend who has a child with autism, just check in with yourself and be like, hey, would I want to be friends with me with how I am showing up for this person? Because if you're able to kind of put yourself in your friends or your family's shoes, there's so much power there because it's truly about how do you support and how do you support to connect? It's such a gift. That's the key. You have the power to give them this huge gift to lighten their load and to really just to be an uplifter for them on, uh, as they're on this journey. And uh, you can truly be a true asset. You have no idea how amazing this will feel for them if you're operating in this different way. Because the, the, the autism journey can get dark, very dark at times. And if you make the choice to truly be a consistent, uplifting light for them, for the parent and the child, again, that would be incredibly, incredibly powerful and game-changing. And all of this is possible, but it does require you to change. You know, so is this parent, this child with autism, are they worth it? Will you change how you operate for their benefit? You know, I, I don't think we can think of a bigger gift that you can give. And we're definitely not talking about pretending to be someone that you're not, to faking anything. Um, if you, we're not saying hold your tongue, you know, if, you've, if there's something that you don't agree with. Definitely, it's not about being someone that you're not, but what we're suggesting here is to just make simple shifts 
and perhaps change the way you interact, you know, can you do it with more patience? Can you do it with more mutual respect with the parent? Well, and also if you're connecting with the child and if you're not showing up in an authentic way, odds are the child won't want to connect with you either because our kids are amazing at calling bullshit. So that authenticity piece is really, really important. Yeah, the, the child will spot it probably even sooner than the parent will. But yeah, just the way that you're interacting. Can you do it with more acceptance, more curiosity? And perhaps a final key question is, can your desire for this parent and this child, your desire for them to be more successful, can that be bigger than your desire to be right? Want to learn how to avoid the 33 mistakes most autism parents make? Get your free training today. Visit AutismParentingSecrets.com slash unstoppable.